From the Journalism and Mass Communication studios on the campus of Bob Jones University, it's the BJU Alumni Relations Podcast. Season two, We Mean Business, with your hosts, David Burrell and Jay Du. Jay Du, we're back with another episode. Kim Hages owns Hages Design, and what stuck out to me from her story is that she's very representative of so many members of our alumni community. Moms who had to make the difficult decision between working part-time for someone in their career or working full-time at home. And Kim has gotten to do both. She went home, she stayed with her kids, and then after a while she started Hages Design with the help of her husband, but now he's out of it. She's running it by herself. She's got international clients. She's doing big things. What stood out to you from this conversation? Once again, it's a family affair, right? Sometimes a business owner's family is by default just in the game with them, you know, with that person who has the vision and all the direction and everybody else is just stuck with it, you know, so, but you're right, Kim is a mom and she's an entrepreneur representing the BJU family really well. And it did remind me of a, of days gone by. She's got a couple years on us in terms of the alumni community, but is really out there getting it in a new world that wasn't what she started it out as about 20 plus years ago. Yeah, the two things that stand out for me that I'm excited for people to hear in this episode. Number one, Kim's talent. She even designed the home that she's sitting in in this conversation while we're having it with her. Like we were able to see her via Zoom. She's in a beautiful home that she designed herself. And number two, her adaptability. She started out back when technology was a typewriter and she's working today when technology means face-to-face conversations over the internet in a post-COVID world. So uh, let's get into this conversation with Kim Hages. My name is Kim Hages, and I am an 86 grad in office administration, English minor. And my years at Bob Jones were just really enriching to me. I would say that they were really good years, and I'm not at all squeamish about saying that I'm a grad of Bob Jones University. One thing that drew me to go there was the excellence in everything I saw, everything from the flowers at the entrance gate to the teachers and chapel and everything. So it really did form me in what I became and honed, honed my uh, God-given skills. But uh, I graduated with office administration. And after that, I moved to the, uh, the Charlotte, North Carolina area and took up a job in, uh, office, in the office for an architectural firm. My job was basically a marketing secretary, and I did that for a while. Little and Associates Architects is what I work, who I work for, and I really wanted some more responsibilities, so that's where I looked around to see what was needed, and in 1987, that's when Desktop Publishing came out, and I jumped on that bandwagon and sold it to my company there, and they said, yeah, whatever you need go ahead and get the, the program, go ahead, and it was PageMaker at that time, and get the uh, equipment you need, and let's see what you can do with it. So that's where my journey to graphic design started. Over time, they moved me up in the company, and by the time I left, we started with 60 employees, and, it, and we ended with 400 when I left. And I was there 10, 12 years, I think it was 12 years and ended with as the director of graphic communication for the firm. Then uh, the reason I left was because I, I got married and we were having a child. And I knew all my life, I knew I wanted to own my own business. 
and this was the right time. So we basically started Pages Design at that point. And my husband also was, um, is a designer and he was, he had several, he was working at several jobs and he brought those clients with him. So that's really what started our business. It has been 25 years. I think this year is 25 years in having my own business. And I've just uh, really enjoyed the, the process and there's many benefits to it. So first off, I got to jump back here. PageMaker. I remember PageMaker back in the day. How, how far are we going back? And then she said, okay, so Kim, you've 20 years. There's been a lot of changes to, the, I guess, the way business is done, right? Design is as a is a, a natural thing in the world. So what looks good and feels good can look good and feel good throughout the ages. But there's a lot of changes and shifts from the time you were, I mean, first starting prior to business, your business, and now. I mean, there's got to be tons of shifts. There are shifts every day, every year. There, it's the hardest thing I would say that my biggest challenge, and it has always been this, is to keep up with the changes of technology. But you just sort of have to do it. You know, you cannot sit still, or the world will pass you by in the technology world. So yeah, there's been many. We went through PageMaker. Now we're at InDesign and the Adobe Suite and all that. And more technology is coming out every day. Now, how about the way you deliver your products to your clients? Now, what some what are some of the like deli- deliverables and the products that you're giving to your clients, and how has that changed over the course of 20 years? I'm assuming that a similar type product is potentially delivered digitally all the time now, you know, but obviously you're doing some fixtures and some actual things, but I, I mean, I'm assuming over 20 years, there's been some real big changes in what you deliver or how you deliver to people who you're doing business with. Right. Right. Everything used to be printed out and it took a long time to get a, an ad done or um, a brochure and you didn't have the flexibility we have now with, with the technology. I remember back uh, when the fax machine actually started at the architectural firm they it was crazy we were faxing plans and that was the way business was done now it's all digital everything is digital i have a client in fact who is in houston and i have uh, not seen that client for about 10 years in person and everything is done digitally she doesn't want to meet there's no reason for me to go to Houston. She wants to just do it digitally. Very good. And here you are, here you are on Zoom, you know, 25 years later. Yeah, I never thought that would happen. Yeah, getting her, well, none of us thought in the last two years it was going to happen. Or two and a half years, what are we at here? Two and a half years to flatten the curve, Kim, what is it? Yeah, so yeah, pretty close. we're all trying to figure that out. But if we, there's been a lot of meetings just like this. Yeah, very good. Well, I appreciate those, uh, yeah, the... To helping us understand the journey and the iterations along the way. So Kim, what skills or mindsets or habits or, or what are the intangibles that you believe it takes to be a successful business owner? What have you seen has benefited you, has benefited your husband over the last 25 years? Right. There, there are basically two kinds of people. I think those who just do better working for somebody and leaving it behind uh, when they go home or the kind that uh, is more entrepreneurial and just gets a, a kick, I guess, out of you know, making your own way in, in life. 
And so um, the skills you need for that are um, you need to be you need to be able to get yourself out of bed and be excited about what you're doing. And so because uh, if you are not, you won't do you won't hit your deadlines and it won't cause you to produce what your client really wants you to do. So I guess you got to be self-motivated. There needs to be some confidence in when you deal with your clients and not, not a cockiness. You don't ever want to be cocky because they know their business better than you do. And my goal when I go into a client is to be able to listen. If, if you do not listen to what they're saying and maybe what they're not saying, it makes it very hard to do good work. For instance, I have one client who brought me in and they, they wanted me to um, rebrand their business. And so at that point, I, I was given a little bit of creative license. And so I, I have rebranded it and it's been about 20 years. They still have me working for that company. So you don't get to stay with a company as a designer. If you produce stagnant work, they don't want to keep you, and they shouldn't. You need to grow with that client. So I know what they like and what they don't like, and I, I try to um, lead them towards a, a goal sort of beyond better than what they wanted. That's my goal. One of the skills, I think, is, is you have to care more about what your, what your client wants than what you want. You're going to benefit if you do it right, but they always need to be number one. Now, you mentioned that uh, at the time where you, remind me of the transition from become, becoming employed to becoming a business owner. The mindset that I'm wondering about here is if you're on the path to starting a family, it sounded like that was somewhere in there. What in the world is going in your mind that think like, oh, I should start a business and a family at the same time. So tell us about that kind of you know, transition. You said you always wanted to own a business or run a business or you're thinking about it. Like what, what was going on when you started it? There's so many people who can't start or they can't seem to start. You see a need and, and something you enjoy doing. I, I've wanted to have a business even when I was in high school. I'm a hard worker. I learned that from my parents. My parents are both very diligent um, in their work. And I guess it rubbed off on us, um, my brother and I. But I've always wanted to own a business. And when I got to that point, I had already been saving financially so that we could get the equipment we needed and get started. So it was always in the back of my mind. It just seemed the right thing to do to um, be at home with my son. We did homeschool our son with Bob Jones University materials. And so during the day, the first part of the day, we would be, I would be homeschooling. And then after school, I would pick up work. And then, you know, when we put our son down at night, sometimes we'd go back and we'd work until one in the morning. So it takes a lot of hard work to meet deadlines. The first few years that we were married and had the son, my, my husband was working out in the, the business world at an agency. And so when the agency folded, he brought those clients with him 
Oh, and that added to what we were already doing. Got it. So he knew that he knew the scope of work anyway, because he was in similar fields. And yes. then you guys were able to Team acquire, but we, we bought out the merger and you took on, you took on everybody else. I got it. Okay. So he worked with me for about six, six years. At that point, he was feeling like he wanted to get back out into the, the business world outside Hages Designs doors. And so he's out there right now um, and he was working towards director of marketing. So that's what he is. He's, he had some personal goals there. And so I run the business. Well, that's why we reached out to you. It's because it said business owner, Kim. So, well, now uh, as we're transitioning here, you talked a little bit about, you know, maybe other businesses that have folded or, or things like that. And maybe getting more personal, how do you guys and, and you, Kim, how do you deal with failure if you if you get fired by a client or you have to end up ending a relationship with someone or maybe you look at a project and you say man that just didn't that just didn't go the way i thought it was going to what's your what's your kind of secret sauce for dealing with things like that cuz we we all know it happens so you know it's it's something that happens but how do you get through that we do the best we can when we meet a client and i i have a really good success rate with keeping clients happy and, but what, like you said, there's going to be, there's going to be one or two along the way. Well, I'll just tell you about one that happened this year. Oh, I'm ready. Can, this is what I'm looking for, David, right here. This story this year. Okay. Go for it. You can give us all the names and details. Kim. let's do this. <laughs> this year I had a client who needed something done quickly and they were referred to me by another person that I had done some work and they had kind of unrealistic goals. And their vision was kind of a two-headed beast. But he needed help. And it was one of those things I said, yeah, I can help you. And we, we worked through it. And I actually provided more to him than what he had even asked. And he just wasn't happy. You're not going to make everybody happy all the time. I did my best. And honestly, he was a jerk. Here's my question. Are you, was it a, was it a financial failure as well? Did you put together like the wrong type of package for this guy and he wouldn't pay for it? What do you mean he wasn't happy? Like, did you deliver it and he just didn't like it that much? Or you just felt like it was unsatisfied. He didn't come back to you or continue on the retainer. You know, what do you mean by failure? You know, he asked for um, us to do a few things and to help him along further we, we took those items and turned it into a presentation and he was not, he, he thought that it, he could have done a better job. Oh. So I think he was just very unrealistic in what he was asking us to do and just didn't appreciate the amount of time. I put twice the amount of time in as what I billed him, to be honest. Right. That's what I was wondering. It's like, was it a hit that you took financially as well as like, you know, he was a jerk or whatever. So you took it kind of like personal or like we're helping you and did you a favor here by going above and beyond. But then you also took like a financial hit because that happens in business. Yeah, it wasn't a huge hit, but it did take, you know, probably eight hours of my time that I gave up. Uh, sometimes I'm willing to do that if I see that in the future there might be um, more work you know, to establish a good relationship and to show them, you know, what I can do. These type of things don't happen too often because I, right, I usually can read a person, but this was, this was like, we need this next week. I need it. I need it. I was willing to take that chance. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I haven't given 
given him so much of a thought after we parted. I guess the key is just not to take it personally, right, Kim? It's you did your best work and then this one didn't work out and you go on to the next one, right? That's right. Just, you know, you just, it makes you stronger for the next, it, it helps you to try to ferret out new clients a little bit better. But I've, I've been so blessed to have great clients all along the way, whether they were new businesses that we were helping get started or long established businesses. You know, I've had international clients. I've had clients that are across the whole United States. So this is, this is a one little sm- small issue amongst probably 95% are really good clients. Well, so I have a question for you and it's going to be kind of like the third question I sent, but it's tweaked a little bit. So I hope you're ready for a curveball here. You, you graduated with a business administration degree and then you spent a lot of time around designers, whether it was at the firm or with your husband at home. And so now you've been owning a design firm for 25 years. So if, if there was a if there was a key that you could say that that you learned, whether it was from someone at BJU or maybe it's something that's just inside of you, you know, you're just a hard worker, but um, what is the the biggest impact that was made on your life or maybe who made that impact on you? Um, maybe if it's at Bob Jones or if it was afterwards as you're, like I said, out in the, in the, in the firm every day, you know, moving up the ladder or at home with your mm-hmm. husband. Can you talk about a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. Well, at Bob Jones, it was my teacher. Well, several of them. Dr. Laura Glenn, Cheryl Kane, and Sandra Pearson were in my major, and I think more than what they maybe t- showed me uh, education-wise, it was it was their kindness, their stick to itiveness. Um, I did flunk shorthand, so I had to I had to take it again. So I had to dust myself off and get in there and do it again, but I did pass. And that's actually what one of the things that got me a job at the architectural firm. So, you know, God uses God uses many different things to teach mm. us um, mm. patience, stick-to-itiveness, that type of thing. So those those ladies were, you know, I enjoyed going to their class, even though the shorthand was hard. Yeah. Now, shorthand. Now, help me understand. Now, is this is actually penmanship or is this like those little like stenography typewriters in court? Like what is shorthand exactly? I was I was born in the 80s, Miss Kim here. So I don't really know. I've heard about these days, but help me understand. What is this? You failed. What what did you have to do? Oh, my goodness. It was uh, you came into class with your stenographer's notepad and she would dictate the teacher would dictate a letter and you had to write. So we had to hit a certain speed level. And I just need a little bit more time to get up to that speed is really what it was. Okay. So when, when someone says they dictate, do they dictate or, or you dictate? What is it called when you do? You do shorthand and they dictate? Is that what it is? Yeah. Like, let's just say my boss said, I want you to take a letter. It's just like, you know, the old movies, the black and white movies. Yeah, we have heard of this, right? I'm trying to get, I'm trying to piece it together here so my brain can handle it. Yeah, it's pretty much black and white movies. Um, so anyway, then you, then you, um, you write down the letter, and then we ran down to the typewriters. Uh-huh. Oh, you have to run too. Okay, so hold on. There's so many different skills here. I'm trying to think of like Dolly Parton in nine to five or something. Okay, so they start talking. You start writing. You also have to be able to run. Okay, there's also a typewriter after this. Okay, keep going. And you have to you have to decode what you wrote, which was the trick. Okay, so this is like this is more like an obstacle course than it is like a letter. Yeah, this is more like Double Dare. I remember that from the 80s and 90s. This is more like a game show. Okay, I got it. Yeah. 
Okay, Kim. So when was the last time you used shorthand? Back at my job. Okay. Architectural firm. And it was, it was kind of pitiful. To be <laughs> uh, I'm glad that's behind me. Actually. I actually talked to um, another student that we graduated together and she said she still uses it, but she puts it on the tags of Christmas presents so that her family doesn't know what's in there. And she can read that this is Sam's bike, but Sam can't read what it is. Exactly. That's great. It's like Indiana Jones. If you can read it and then go back to the typewriter or the computer and, and, and type it out, it's fine, right? Or is there supposed to be, or there's a certain alphabet that goes along with it? Yes, there is an alphabet. There is, okay. We learned, you know, the different chicken scratchings, what they meant. So it's not hand, it's not like handwriting where my handwriting looks different from yours. It's pretty much the same letters. There's a personal element to it and, and everybody writes it differently and uses a different amount of space when they, they write their little angles and everything. But anyway, that's um, also back at the time when we only had typewriters, Selectric 2s. I've, I've heard of these and, days. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we had no computers. Well, I've heard of those days. It doesn't sound fun. I'm glad you guys came along with us because that, oh, that sounded terrible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I'm glad to be in this okay. uh, Kim, you really have hit that sweet spot of the, you've watched technology just, it's done a 180, I think, in the 25 years or, in you know, since you've graduated. It has. Our son actually is um, a graphic designer oh, as cool. well. And he just he just got a job with the Arizona Arizona cardinals doing graphic design that's awesome oh very cool yeah so he's he is very much advanced in his skill set yeah. all right so if uh if a, if a grad came to you and maybe we have a recent grad and they said i'm going to start my own business tomorrow and they say i heard you are on the podcast and you get 25 years of business ownership experience what's the uh what's the most important piece of advice you have for them you've shared a ton of advice just you know through the course of this conversation but if you could narrow it down to one key thing, uh, what would you say? Be ready to work. It's not a it's not a nine to five situation because after you do all your work, then you're running a business that you have to do the taxes, you have to do the accounting, etc. It's it's a lot of work, but there are so many benefits. You just have to weigh whether that's what you want to do to get those benefits. Do you think that that advice specifically had would have changed over time? with uh, do you think the demographic of people coming out of college or high school or transitioning from the workforce in a normal traditional setting to a business owner do you think that has changed or you think that no that's what someone should have told me when i started 20 years ago like were you prepared for all of those those ideas you know the tangential pieces of running a business no but you aren't ready you aren't really skilled for everything you're going to face in life either you just take you put one foot in front of the other and you do the next right thing. So yeah, that's, that's what I'd say. Okay, cool. Well, you talked about it a little bit earlier. So if you, if you feel like you've answered it already, but have you ever had anybody question, you know, being a BJU grad or has it ever been difficult for you to talk about that? Or, or have you ever talked to other grads who have trouble with it? And did you give them any advice or anything you could say on that? I'd have to say, no, I haven't had any other grads that had a problem with graduating from Bob Jones. Not really. I'm proud of it. And it got me to the next step I needed to be at. And I believe the Lord has directed my path. Without the Lord, I don't know where we would all be. So, you know, I didn't, I probably wouldn't have picked office administration if I was doing it again. 
I didn't have a whole lot of guidance, to be honest. So, but I did what I thought I could do, what I, what I could excel at. And the Lord took that and he melt, melted together some of the uh, things I enjoyed in life. And he brought me to graphic design in his own timing. And it's kind of like a river. It, I see my life as uh, sort of like the Mississippi River with its different twists and turns. And I don't always see what the Lord is doing, but he is doing something. Every, every, he is for us. So that is what I'm thankful for. That's awesome. Well, uh, Kim, I, I'm really grateful. Could you say the name of your business and where people can find you? Because I'm sure that we'll have uh, multiple folks listening that either need graphic design work or are graphic designers and are looking for mentorship or just want to know more about it. So just give us the name again and maybe the website and the, you know something like that. Hagesdesign.com. Right. That's H-A-J-A-S design.com. Now you are servicing clients all over. You mentioned you've had international and things like that. So they don't have to be living in North Carolina or on the East Coast, right, to want to connect with you guys. Right. I try to um, mostly work with corporate clients. Mm-hmm. And what is what are some of the nature of some of the folks? Um, I'm sure on your HagesDesign.com we can find some of this. But what are yeah some of the what are some of the sweet spots of clients that you do work with? My major clients are a chemical company and uh, luxury apartment homes across the United States. They have 175 uh, apartment complexes, and uh, I've done some uh, international thread companies work. There, there's a whole list on my website. Yeah, we'll go check it out. I'd like to put in a plug for uh, graduates who are skilled at doing something that they don't just keep it to themselves too. We need to be involved in our local churches and we need to help where we can with our skills. That's one of the joys that my husband and I have in our local church. We use our graphic design skills to help uh, where we are asked. Very good. All right. Thank you. Is that like the slides that play before the service? Is that the bulletins? What does that end up looking like as far as the content that you guys make for the sure. um, A majority of it are the bulletin series and which parlays into the graphics on the screen for Sunday morning and that type of thing. It could be a special conference that we put together or uh, I was asked to help with a, a building addition and do the, the interior design, be the leader of the interior design team. Hold it. So here's my question about, of, about church design. Here's my question about that. Now, there's a lot of people of, from the alumni community who can find this information. We're all going to different churches all over the place. Kim, what fonts are we not to use Sunday morning in church? I want to tell us right now, do not do this. You've seen it. You hate it. You can't even go to these churches if you visit. What are we doing wrong? on Sunday morning. I'd rather just say what you're doing right. Let's just Okay, this. fine, fine, Kim. <laughs> Let's just keep those fonts real simple. Don't get cutesy on me. Okay. Simple font. We gotta be able to read it. It's gotta be clear. Yes. Thanks again for listening to the BJU Alumni Relations Podcast. This is David Burrell, class of 2013, and I'm really excited to share these stories of alumni around the world as they continue the mission of BJU by learning, loving, and leading in their communities. For more information about stories like this that we'll be releasing over the coming months, email us, bjualums at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.